Everybody, this is episode 26 of Throwing Wrenches. My name is Eric Stahl, and I'm Daryl Scott, and this is the automotive podcast with the best Christmas episodes. And you know what, Daryl? The, the best Christmas episodes coming up after this one. Oh, so we're giving everyone a gift? Is that it? Yeah, it's kind of. I, you can think of it as a lump of coal. You can think of it as a, as a nice, uh, <laughs> nice gift. You can think of it however you want. But regardless, I have warned you. The Christmas episode is coming after this episode. That's right. So you better behave. Yeah. We had we had a lot of reviews on last year's uh, Christmas episode, so we thought we'd do it again, right? Yeah, some of them we can't say on the air, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. We appreciate you listening, and uh, welcome 26 episodes in. Uh, hopefully you like us. Give us a little like, subscribe, some feedback. We'll ask for some more info from you in uh, in a few. But if you have info for us you'd like to share, you can always hit us up. We're at info at com. Man, you learned that. It's only been two years now we've yeah. got this locked down. Yeah, it's, it's taken a while. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd like to say a special thank you to our two sponsors who help make the program possible. Yeah, uh, as always, the Casey Law Office in Peoria, Illinois. It's CLOPeoria.com. That gets you Gabe Casey. And if you don't know, Gabe Casey is all about consumer law, malpractice. He does trusts, estates, and wills. He does workers' compensation, contract law, and general malpractice. Actually, uh, Daryl and I are thinking about using him for a case going on right now. So, That's right. Yeah. Contact Gabe Casey. He's a good guy. He's a car guy. And if you're in Peoria, look up CLOPeoria.com. And we'd also like to say a thank you to Fort's Toyota of Pekin, available on the web there at toyota-pekin.com, right off of uh, Route 29 in North Pekin, Illinois, 15 minutes from anywhere, including Marquette Heights or Sunnyland or anywhere else you might be from, uh, whether it's new Toyota, used Toyota, or any other vehicle, uh, sales service, they've got it all. Great staff and great people to do business with. Check them out, toyota-pekin.com. Of course, you know I love Forts Toyota Pekin because, disclaimer, I work there. So mm. thanks again for the Forts family uh, helping out with the show. And 15 minutes from anywhere, we did have a call a long time ago. That ad is misleading. I live in Congerville or something like that, and we're not 15 minutes away. We're 25 minutes. I was say it's like 17 minutes. <laughs> Depends on how fast you drive. Just kidding. Drive the speed limit. The construction on 74, right? Yeah. All really, right. though, it's like the perfect location for no matter where you live. It is perfect. I like to think of it as perfect. Uh, hey, for those of you who don't know about Daryl Scott, let me clue you in a little bit. When the weather outside is frightful, as it is today, you know, you'd think yeah. he might be inside. But last weekend, the weather was great. So what did Daryl do? Did he go out and walk the dog? Did he work in the yard? No, this guy was organizing the garage and changing the oil in his Jeep Liberty. And that wasn't enough. He had to actually write you an article about his shopping experience at Sears. That's Daryl Scott. That's right. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's why I'm here. And Eric Stahl still believes in Santa Claus because oh, oh, oh. He, he is Santa Claus. Look at that beard. Yeah. Actually, no, you shaved. I shaved. I'm you're clean, you're I'm clean, clean shaven yeah. tonight. You're still Santa Claus. <laughs> He's got a brand new bag of 
OEM Toyota parts. <laughs> and he's got a list that he's checking twice, but that might be the repair invoice on a customer's 92 Toyota Tercel. From his bowl full of jelly to yours, he's Eric. Ho, ho, holy crap. When can I go back wheeling again? Stall. You know, we talked about that today. We haven't been to Badlands in forever, so. Define forever. Weren't you there last year? Well, yeah, but I should, I mean, <laughs> we should go like every I six haven't months. been there since last October. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay? I know. You get around, though. You get around. Yeah. Round, round, get around. Mm-hmm. I get around. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. anyways. Uh, yeah, that's kind of our second favorite part here of yeah. the show. We, anyway, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Again, share this on all the social media and uh, Facebook outlets, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, uh, where else, Daryl? TikTok. Uh, TikTok, Vine, Friendster. Snapchat. MySpace, wherever you're at. You know, we got these cool stickers. If you go to the Facebook page and check this out, we have these awesome stickers designed by Nate Sosa. and Did a great job. We're trying to figure out a way to give these things away. So I think what we might do, maybe the the first ten of them we give away are for reviews. What do you think, Daryl? I think that's a fair trade, if you will. Yeah, so if you want to do a review on iTunes or Google or even our Facebook page, yeah. just uh, tell us that's your review or you know, send us a copy or, or email us and forewarn us at info at com, and we will send you out one of these sharp little two-and-a-half by two-and-a-half-inch decals. Come to, that reminds me, Eric. We did get a, a, f- a review on Facebook, I think, a day or two ago. Did yeah, you see did that you one? know that guy? Yeah. Um, okay, you do. Yeah, my buddy Jay, uh, shout-out to Jay, um, who I, I still feel bad years and years ago. Somebody, I don't think it was me. This is when we were in high school. Uh, I think it was another friend. It might have been Kyle, um, <laughs> whose car leaked oil in his dad's driveway. That was terrible. That was not cool. You're smiling as you say terrible. That was funny. I think we had a discussion about it. But anyways, good guy. And uh, he had some wonderful comments. So if you want to follow Jay's lovely lead, <laughs> leave us a uh, serious or not so serious review on Facebook. So did Jay earn a sticker on that? I think so. I think I'll drop one in the mail. Okay. <laughs> Sounds props. good. He owes, me, he owes me barbecue, too, by the way. just want to throw that out all there. All right. Well, I could be involved with that, too, right? Okay. Yeah, I'll call you. All right. I did mention on the last episode, and if you didn't get a chance to listen, please go to Toyota Trucks and Trails. They're on iTunes. They're on Google Play. They're on all those places. I talked to Jason after the show was released. I think the show is really good, but it's hard for me to sit here and tell you, Daryl, that I want you to listen to me for an hour. But the the thing is about it. We talk about so much good stuff. We talk about the trail team. We talk about all these off-road events, and we, and we kind of get into Leave No Trace. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is actually, from where I'm sitting, Daryl, a really good episode if I have to it honestly. Is. Uh, did you listen to it? I did. I listened to it uh, in the comfort of my own home. So, no, I, I think it's a fantastic uh, program. Maybe you should speak to it then. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is a good show, and uh, we'll throw another link up there. I think we, we had it on the last episode. Uh, we had a link to, uh, to the episode where you were on. But I know what you're saying, though. It's hard, especially as someone who, you know, working in broadcasting for years, people are like, oh, you must uh, like listening to this, this. I'm like, I don't listen to myself. Yeah. Anything I produce, I hate because I'm critical, <laughs> hypercritical. So I, I totally understand. When you're listening to something, especially if you're the interview subject, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, it's all about me. This is weird. Yeah. So, no. Um, I will go ahead and, uh, uh, for lack of a better phrase, pimp this episode out. <laughs> Definitely check it out. Toyota Trucks and Trails. We'll put a link in the description of this episode here. Uh, definitely give it a listen because it's a good program, but also because Eric was also featured. There you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks again, Jason, for having me on there. And uh, they liked it so much they talked about having me back on. So I got I got not screw this up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You won't. You won't. All right. So it is, what, nine degrees outside? It's December. I can't. It snuck up so fast. Yeah. It was like 50 degrees yesterday. It was like 25 last night, and then this morning, 20, and now it's 
down in the single digits. It's awful, yeah. And it's so awful. I, I, I don't even feel like I feel it right now. But the wind's not like biting, and there's not snow and rain and everything falling down. So could be worse. Yeah, absolutely. But so, I noticed you have not necessarily a winter vehicle in the driveway <laughs> when I pulled up. What are you driving, and what are you working on? Uh, I busted red mist back out, and uh, I've been mean to do this for a while. Uh, my wife has been giving me grief, and it, it may sound so petty, but the gas to drive the foreigner back and forth to work every every week is probably eighty bucks. Really? I, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, since it's got the lift and the oversized tires and the re- roof rack on it, yeah. you know, that guy gets twelve miles a gallon. So okay, all right. So I can uh, drive Red Mist to work and back probably for a quarter of that. So uh, and folks who are not familiar oh, yeah. with Red Mist, yeah, the Red Mist is our race car in the in the stall household. My daughter was nice. actually quite upset because she is one of the the racers in the car. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a 1990 Celica GT. We rescued it for 200 bucks years ago and. Uh, Put some Megan coil over zip, maybe or maybe not road legal. Not sure. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. it's probably fine. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's pulled you over yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? The car looks like a beast. The paint is faded. It's actually it's had the Earl Shive Mako ninety nine dollar paint job, and it's peeling off right now. <laughs> you take a pocket knife and just scrape. You could scrape off a nice pan. I'll take home with you, Daryl. Just uh, for posterity. Yeah, exactly. It does look menacing when I pulled in. Of course, it's you know it's pitch dark, so I just get the glare of the headlights, and I'm like, what? What's that? Oh, it's yeah. red mist. <laughs> you know, it's lowered. It's got that nice stance with the rims and everything. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 are you going to plastic dip it? Yes, season? that's the next. Yeah. So okay. and that's the worst thing about it being cold. But we're in the fifth. I'd think, hey, I could take this thing in the garage. I could plastic it. I want to do half black, half red with some white and gray stripes on it like the Toyota Rally car That'd a couple years awesome. ago. But yeah. uh, And thanks to Gabe Casey, I still have his plastic dipper here. But I don't <laughs> think he said he's using it anytime soon. He's not He's not running a plastic dip side business? No. When his daughter gets her like uh, her, her Toyota Land Cruiser, like uh, one of those rugged rugged rigs uh, or something. Yeah, or uh, not Power Wheels. Power Whatever. Wheel. Yeah, yeah, Power yeah, Wheels. Power, yeah. If he wants to plastic dip that, I'll come over and I'll give him some tips. <laughs> That's a fair game. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Red Mist is out and about. And uh, I had actually one of my employees today pulled up to me and goes, you have this awesome truck over here that's got to be looking at you like you're a moron. You're driving that that beater or whatever he called it. And I'm like, there's just something about this little stick shift low to the ground. Yeah. The engine revs like crazy when you're doing 80 miles an hour down the road. Actually... The speedometer was just going wicked this morning because it gets super cold. It gets that uh, oh, like, that revving noise. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to slow down just like <laughs> that's because you're you're going supersonic speeds. With yes, it. that's what it is. Because race car. Anyway, very cool. So, anything you got to do to that to prep for the next autocross season? Uh, here I got to fix that high pressure power steering line. So, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Uh, we talked about maybe bringing another autocross car into the fold at the dealership. So. Uh, we'll see if red mist is even necessary. So you could have your your traditional modern rally with the FRS, <laughs> yeah, and then you can have like a vintage rally series, yeah, yeah, with that and the Supra. Just yeah. kidding. Actually, um, I, maybe I'll do this. You'll you'll see here in, in January, uh, third weekend of January. There's a thing called the Cheese Wheel Rally up in Madison, and people take their cars up there. Just an yeah. amateur thing. It's a timed rally, but it's on back roads and snow. And I've watched videos from previous years. My wife is actually interested in this, so cheese wheel rally, cheese wheel rally, so, only Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, so we shall see if that happens next month. Gotta go to Madison and do that cheese wheel rally there in January in Madison. Oh my goodness! With the red mist, hard to say. I would. You better take some video. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I would you, watch that. All right, Daryl. I know because I read the article on throwingwrenches.com that you were uh, working in the garage this weekend. What's uh, going on? Yeah, I was just getting stuff finally ready for for winter. I know a couple. Weeks ago, I put the the old stuff away in the garage, but uh, 
I really just kind of put it in the garage, didn't properly store it. So I actually spent some time this weekend after I got the leaves done, and uh, I've got three different trickle chargers. <laughs> I got six volt, twelve volt. I got you know all that. Uh, I've got a nice little setup now. And I've got it so a cables are dressed in, so I'm not going to trip over it. Oh, so all the old cars are now little got rugs a over them. Yeah, it's 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 quite nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I basically got the the garage all sorted. I got a lot of projects that I need to do. <laughs> I've got varying degrees of how much do I want to get into uh, one of these cars. Having multiple old cars or fun collector hobby cars, whatever you want to call them, it's fun. But the downside is, and I think you probably experienced some of this, where like every one of them eventually starts to need something. Yeah. But you don't drive it enough to be like, well, I gotta get this fixed. It's like, eh. It's like that power steering line. Right. Yeah. It's just one of those. It's gonna nag at you, and then the next time you take it out, it's like, yeah, this car is fun. Oh wait, I remembered why I stopped driving it. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of different projects. I just need an easy win. I don't know if I'm going to get that, but uh, we'll see. I might tackle the Plymouth. It needs a clutch. It's needed a clutch. My '55 Plymouth Savoy. Uh, with a flathead six and, you know, probably 10 horsepower. Uh, <laughs> the clutch is, it, it lets out so far up to the top that my knee is practically hitting me in the chin oh. before it starts to move. Yeah. I might just do that, but I don't know. I like the way you say toss the clutch in. It's just, it's that easy, huh? On that, compared to anything else in my life, yeah. Uh, <laughs> really? Because I can get out there. I could probably have a clutch in that car in a weekend. Seriously? If, if I had a little bit of help, because my back's shot now. <laughs> When I was, that's probably why my back is shot now. Because when I was in my twenties, I was like helping bench, you know, yeah. underneath, yeah. H- holding up somebody's T five. Well, I think it was a year ago, that, like this month, you were you were in traction. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so I you've was. come a long way, Daryl. Yeah, in fact, I think we did the the show for the couple weeks uh, at my house while I was in a <laughs> adult diaper. It was not fun. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the memories, Eric. Uh, yeah, not a problem. That's what I'm working on this winter. We'll see. I might I might wait until the spring to reassess, but that uh, that's nah. what's going on. Nah. Hey, all right. So if you didn't catch it, uh, Throwing Wrenches was at the movies two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we put out an event. Man, I thought a couple people were going to show up, but it actually it worked out fine that none of you guys showed up because it gave a chance for the wives to actually meet each other for the first time. That's right. Daryl and I have been doing the show for like 18 months, yeah. done 25 episodes, and yet to have the wives meet each other. So uh, we Cosmic we, aligning uh, of the stars. Yeah, yeah. So actually it all worked out. There was no cat fights, no hair pulling or anything like that. Right. My wife didn't leave there going, I don't like her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, it was quite opposite. She goes, I could hang out with them. They're okay. Well, probably Sarah. I mean, I'm tolerable, but <laughs> that's cool. Uh, we had a great time, and um, definitely in the matinee is where it's at because movies, turns out, are still expensive. Yeah. What did we pay? Like, that wasn't bad. It was AMC Grand Prairie. It was a nice, nice size theater, and I think it was 15 bucks for two people. And you know, it was good, too, because as you're walking, I love this, any car chase movie, any kind of action movie, but especially something with cars. When you're walking down the you know the aisle trying to find which theater you're at, yeah. you're at, and all of a sudden you just hear like a Ferrari V12 just <laughs> screaming, yeah, yeah, you're like, it's that one. My that my one. son went to Frozen Two last weekend with a uh, a girl, but he said that they were playing Ford versus Ferrari in the theater next door because he could hear it <laughs> <Yeah>. clearly. <laughs> just gear changes and explosions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about that movie. Uh, it was quite thrilling to actually have kind of a road movie. We haven't seen anything like that in a while. We'll talk about that in our Christmas episodes. So make sure you tune in. We're going to talk about some car movies there. But um, I didn't know what to expect. I'm not I'm not a Carroll Shelby guy. I yeah. don't know much about uh, Le Mans. And so I knew it had Matt Damon. I knew it had Christian Bale. Sure. And it, it looked kind of like a bromance movie. And uh, 
I think it, it filled the bill, man. It was entertaining all the way through. It was. And we talked to, I think, you know, right afterwards, there were some things that were kind of like they left out or they jumped ahead. But then we're like, well, it's for everybody. It's not just like a movie yeah. for car people. It's for, you have to captivate everybody's attention for two yeah. hours. Yeah, I'm like, they left out Sebring. I'm sitting next to Daryl like, no Sebring. What's Sebring? Where's Sebring? <laughs> And all of a sudden they show up with the car, like, here's the GT40, like, where's the R&D? Yeah. Like, where did they, yeah. <laughs> who did they buy the chassis from? Like, what's going on? But at the same time, if you were not into cars, I had a couple of people ask me that, hey, I might want to go see it, but I'm not really into cars, would I still like it? Absolutely. It was yeah. a fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think the chemistry between Bale and, and Damon was pretty good. Uh, and, and I think the way they portrayed Deuce, Henry Ford II, yeah. yeah, I think they did a pretty good job there. Now, the one thing that you and I... We're, we're both, and I, I know I was at the end of the movie, I was scratching my head, and I had to actually go into Wikipedia and look us up. Leo Beebe yeah. is basically the catch-all for everything bad that happened in that movie. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think he was definitely portrayed as a villain. Um, and I forget what his title. It wasn't marketing. I think it started as marketing. Okay. I think he and Iacocca were like brand or marketing or something like that. But they got... Played by the Punisher, by the way, Lee Iacocca. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they had some VP title, you know, vice president of product development or something it was like effect. it was like mad men all sitting around henry ford ii it was all yeah. all these young sexy guys and this big fat guy in the middle of them basically yeah it's kind of funny but definitely uh i would say yeah the leo bb character i say character he's a real person well that's what kills me about this it yeah. would be better off to have a guy with a fake name in this as is a protagonist because yeah. leo bb was a real person and i'm not sure that he had that much to do with with some of these decisions sounds like ford was kind of wishy-washy, and he'd tell uh, he'd tell Shelby one thing, and then the next week he'd have somebody else do something else. But maybe he'd have somebody like Leo Beebe walk in there and drop the bad news. But Beebe wasn't making the calls on these things. No, and I read Hemmings Motor News. They had something to the effect of a, a piece that was like in defense of Leo Beebe. Oh, did they? Yeah. Because <laughs> I think, in all fairness, if you were pretty high connected in the big three back in the day, chances are you have family or uh, proteges that now work in the industry still. People like Bob Lutz, who are, you know, even though he's quote unquote retired, he's still connected and people are sure. still willing to interview the guy and talk about industry and legacy and stuff like that. Uh, and of course, of course, Lee Iacocca uh, just passed away here recently, but uh, even he wasn't afraid to kind of sh- share his feelings. He was not a huge fan of Henry IV II. Uh, but at the same time, Leo Beebe, if you were a marketing guy, and not to give anything away, if you're going to see that. You know how it ends. Yeah. Everybody knows the history and the and the legacy that I mean Ford had a really good stretch there in the in the late sixties at, at Le Mans and racing in general. Um but if you're a marketing guy through and through, you're gonna do everything you can to manage that brand and make sure that they have a successful run, whether it's in motorsports, uh, a new auto show debut of a model like the Mustang, which was a huge, huge undertaking. Um Anything that the company is spending lots of money on and your butt's on the line, you're going to make sure that you're going to manage that. And I definitely felt like you did. At the end, the film kind of used him as, oh, my God, he's this horrible villain, played by Josh Lucas, I think, in the film, who, by the way, nerd alert here, (laughs) he does the voiceover for Home Depot ads. Oh, does he really? He's the gruff, like... You know, now, now on now sale. I, now the, I hate Home Depot. Yeah, the Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. That's <laughs> that's Josh Lucas. So he kind of has that menacing kind of yeah, like yeah. I'm a little jerk. Uh, demeanor. I'm, I'm sure that's not what Depot's going for in their in their guys. But Pro- okay. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Can we find somebody more menacing? Yeah, someone who just hates paint. Uh, I don't know. I hate paint. But anyways, um, great film. He did a good job playing that character. But at the end of the day, yeah, would. Would have the Ford Le Mans team victory 
in 66 have been 66 or 7? I think it's 7. 60, well, the Mon 66 is where it starts. I think 67 is where, no, 65, they didn't win anything. 66 when they won. 66, 7, and 8, I think. They yeah, had like yeah. two yeah. or three years stretch. Yeah, three years. Um, would that have been as impactful if the, the first three across the finish line were not the Ford team? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a, kind of a momentous occasion. I don't yeah. know. So. Anyways. Right. Anyway. Uh, and then there's a couple documentaries. I went home because I didn't know that much about this. And like I said, Wikipedia. And then I think on Amazon Prime, Adam Carolla has produced a couple documentaries with somebody else in his Adam Carolla podcast club. I'm going to tell you this. He does a better documentary than does a podcast as far as I'm concerned. So uh, 24-Hour War and Shelby American were two documentaries that came out with here in the last couple of years. And I don't know if there's was anticipation of this movie coming out or if they were just – uh, genuinely interested in putting out this subject a couple years ago because I think these these docs are two years old, but you can learn a lot from watching the Shelby American and then the Twenty Four Hour War. I would say twenty five percent of the material in the Shelby is in that Twenty Four Hour War and vice versa. Uh, the Twenty Four Hour War has a ton of Shelby stuff in there. So if you're interested in the subject and you want to reach a little bit further into it, and then you also kind of find out, hey, maybe uh, Ken Miles didn't read the road signs maybe he should have sped up a little bit because they were trying to get him to win the race you know there's things in there that were in the movie you're like man these people are evil and then by the time you get done yeah. with the, the fact checking you're like i don't really know who's right or wrong here but i did feel dirty when i left that theater i just felt like ford and ferrari both sucked yeah and i don't think that was the goal was it no i, I don't either i it was very uh, there were some hollywood touches in there but a, a couple of people said um hey was there a giant ford ad in the beginning or you know it, it the whole movie's a ford ad isn't it and i'm like yeah, not not, not really yeah, in the beginning maybe but uh, uh, by the end of it you're like yeah ford yeah yeah and, and there definitely has always been i think a uh hollywood has a fixation with like all corporations are terrible. <laughs> and it's like, not really. How do you... <laughs> like that Mark, Mark Ruffalo preview that was before that with DuPont, where he's going, yeah, yeah all the cows killed. The chemicals and, and stuff. Yeah, big like, company going after the farmers. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I think Matt Damon was in another movie like that a couple of years ago. Yeah, but was. at the same time, go out and see it. It's very rare this day and age where somebody gets a car movie made that makes you actually appreciate the film as opposed to just like, cool two hours of cars. You know, like a Fast and Furious yeah, yeah. or... Uh, oh, yeah, just stupidity and CGI. Yeah, right. While there was CGI in this movie, I wouldn't say that there was uh, anything major. I mean, the parts where they're, like, up against each other on the track and stuff, uh, obviously that's CGI with the cars racing behind them. But, but man, there was a lot of great material. You can tell was was just great cars running. So Phenomenal. I think, and not to prolong this one, but I think the last time I felt this... Uh, passionate about a film <laughs> uh, a car film was there was a, a movie i think it was about five six years ago called driven and it was about the oh, yeah, Nicky yeah. lauda yeah. and um, um james uh, i never saw it f- phenomenal phenomenal okay uh ron howard directed that it was in f- theaters for i don't know maybe a month yeah and it got good reviews but then i think because it was so racing and car heavy it was like all right Gone. Move along. Great film. And I can't find that on DVD. I know it exists. It hasn't been on Netflix or anything. Okay. Driven. Not to be confused, there's a Stallone F1 movie called Driven. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> Is it like Cliffhanger but with cars? Yeah, just like I'm a, I'm a Formula One racer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure you are. Can't squeeze in. You imagine Stallone trying to squeeze... 250 no, no, pounds no, of ground beef. No, I mean, a, just uh, well, actually watching those documentaries I was talking about, uh, you see the, uh, oh shoot, Dan Gurney. I didn't realize what the gurney hole was in the top of the cars. Yeah, the gurney was bumps. Such, yeah, 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 the gurney bump. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, let's try and picture Stallone's shoulders trying to get squeezed in one of those cars. Give me a break. No way. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, I will say this, too. I'm not sure why they picked this segment of Le Mans and the history 
for the movie because I'll be honest with you, watching that that Shelby special, I think Shelby has a very compelling story that could have been a movie all by itself. Was it fifty nine? When he drove for yeah. Aston. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and he built that car with, with spare parts and went out there and basically won with a team of his own. I mean, that's amazing. So yeah. how was that not a movie by itself right there? Because it's not as interesting, I guess. You don't have as many protagonists and whatnot. No Leo Beebe. Leo Beebe's. <laughs> There's also, uh, we forget too, and uh, we were driving home, Sarah and I were talking through things. Because I, like you, I, I wasn't a huge Le Mans history buff or anything. I, I can appreciate it, but I, I don't, I can't rattle it off. Yeah. Um, but I think in 57, there was a, like, uh, a, an accident where a Jaguar or a Mercedes, something went into the stands and killed like 17 people. Watch the documentary, Daryl. Okay. You gotta watch that 24 hour war. I will, I will pull that up. Uh, yeah. It just, it, it was a good reminder that racing still is yeah. and always was dangerous as hell. That's, and so that's why I'm compelled by a guy like Dan Gurney. Okay. So in the beginning of that movie, Gurney's like racing out in the, uh, the West Coast against Ken. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But when you think about if you lived through racing those amateur circuits all the way up to the pros, Le Mans, and you still were alive in your 80s, yeah, what were the odds of that? Yeah. Watching but, Sterling Moss on like a Petrolicious interview, yeah. and he's still, you know, 90 some years old driving this like old 300 horse Mercedes <laughs> and like recanting all the great stories. Yeah. I'm like, how is this guy still alive? <laughs> you know, dude, the odds of living in, in that type of environment are slim to none. So people, yeah. I mean, people just died all the time in that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was even worse. Even worse, turn of the century. I'm writing a screenplay, Eric. Oh, yeah? I'm writing a screenplay about the early days of the Vanderbilt Cup races. Oh, oh. I've already got a title, working title, so yeah. that, that's cup, coming up later. The Cup. Actually, no, it's called the Mechanician. <laughs> because that's what they call You had a driver, uh, and you had a guy that wrote it. don't give away f- too much. It's like our, our three-lock box. Yeah, that's you know, from that's what? true. <laughs> Our Faraday box. Yeah. 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 Well, back in the day, you had uh, the, the driver and then you had a guy who ran on the running boards who would like fix stuff. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. It's pretty cool. Who would do that job? Got, you know, two guys who had nothing better to do. I guess. I'm going to get out of Kansas. I'm going to race cars <laughs> and die. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways. So let's move on to headlines. That was, uh, that was throwing wrenches at the movies. Uh, we didn't have any this week in social media. No. There was a little bit of a skirmish about $4,000 cars, and it seemed to get you upset, but I looked at it and didn't bother me that much. So Which one? About boomers and, hey, it's hey, it's 2020, oh. and we're still selling 20-year-old cars for four grand or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yes. Uh, I'll just say this. <laughs> Whenever somebody says on social media, like, You're, you should keep your opinions to yourself, I'm like, so should you? <laughs> the whole point of social media is that you can interact, share your thoughts, opinions, feelings. And then be called stupid. And then be called dumb and move on with your life. <laughs> Shake your fist and move on. So, yeah, don't ever say, Dude, you should keep your opinions to yourself. Really, dude? Because <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. Anyway, so it's so always fun. Always check out the Central Illinois Automotive automotive enthusiast page because yeah. let me tell you if there's going to be drama in the car business it's <laughs> going to be on that page <laughs> we love it too so chris, right. chris and those guys do a great job of monitoring the the morons all right so we're going to zoom out going to go international news headlines and this is a big one i'm going to skip this top because i didn't put the whole article in there okay there's a lot of cars that are going to die in 2020 but it's mostly like things like the audi tt and Oh, the TT's still being made? <laughs> it was. I think they sold 12 of them last year. Okay. All right. All right. Did, did not even know that. We'll put a link up there in a, a little show item. But uh, 
few cars going away in 2020. If you liked them, you probably know which ones are going away. It's nothing major. All right. Uh, Nissan's woes keep going on. We can't say that it's not because of Carlos Ghosn. We don't even know where he's at right now. We, we at. might be due for a new segment on him. So. But Nissan is to furlough U.S. workers for two days in January. It's requiring nearly all of its U.S. workforce to take two days of unpaid furlough next month as it tries to reverse declining sales and profits here and globally. Japan's second-largest automaker employs about 21,000 people in the U.S., spanning the U.S. headquarters of Franklin, Tennessee, two plants in Tennessee, and one in Canton, Mississippi. Didn't even know there was a town called Canton, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Employees at Nissan Infinity dealerships will not be affected by the furlough. Workers will not be paid for January 2nd and 3rd. The company said the furloughs will optimize business performance and competitiveness. i got to be... yeah, I'm not going to say the honest thing. I got to, I got to stop myself every time I say I'm okay. going to be honest with you because I, I think it's a drinking game now. You could probably, every time I say that, take a shot, you'd be drunk. Anyway, um, <laughs> try next time. If I was offered January second and third off unpaid, yeah, I'd probably be like, eh, okay, if that if that's what it takes to help the company. But yeah, I'll, I'll be off till next Monday. Yeah, sounds like a pretty good deal. At the same time. Uh, having recently driven through Canton, Mississippi, yeah. uh, I think that's the plant where they make the Frontier pickups. I don't know because I don't see Frontier pickups hardly anywhere. But um, there's not much else going on there. Yeah. So if you're if you're one of those people that really needs to put food on the table and all that fun stuff um, that adults do, two days might hit your pocketbook. But at the same time, it's two days. If it was two weeks, I'd be like, that's... That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah two days, I, I find it hard to believe this was actually newsworthy. This is in Forbes, and we'll put a link to that on the show. The the rest of the article, I think, they, they quote the current CEO of Nissan talking about we need to zero in on productivity and reevaluate basically what we're doing, what we're making. I think of all the models that are going to be discontinued in 2021, 22, we're going to see a lot more Nissan. But on the global stage, and we're talking with Regan about this, I don't know how competitive they are anymore. I'm, I was surprised they're the second largest, but it's probably the truck aspect. I think so. That's where Honda probably loses it. Honda's just strictly cars and mowers, snowblowers. Right. And and Nissan historically has, you know, they used to make a pretty good truck back in the day. I, I'm not familiar with I've the heard the Frontier's Frontier. a decent truck. Yeah. yeah. It's still, I think, in the in North American markets, I think it is still the cheapest pickup you can buy. I believe it is one of the cheap. I think the Nissan, it's not the Altima. What's their smallest one? Um, Versa. The, the Versa might be the cheapest car you can buy in the United States. For a while, yeah. And, and they weren't bad. So I, I don't know. We'll see. They're definitely uh, all over the rental car market. They seem here. to be falling into Mitsubishi territory. You Did, think so? Didn't Mitsubishi always have the cheapest cars in all segments? Yeah. The trucks and the cars? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's not good. I don't know. Better pull out of that. Pull up. Pull up. There is a, <laughs> there is a market for it. I'll say that. <laughs> all right. National news. Let's uh, Let's talk about Top Gear. Eric, I, lo- I love Top Gear. Like some Top Gear, like vintage, or did you watch the the Top Gear US? I tried to watch the US, but because I'm not a subscriber of the History Channel, mm-hmm. and I live out in the middle of nowhere, and I couldn't stream it because it's not on Netflix or on Amazon Prime, yeah. I had to try and watch on YouTube sometimes when the when the episodes weren't deleted by History Channel. Yeah, so <laughs> I was gonna say you watch half an episode and then it's deleted the next day. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. All right. Well, if you're a fan of Top Gear USA, I mean Grand Tour, that's a whole separate thing. We'll, we'll talk about that there's, because I want to talk about Grand Tour. Yeah, there's some there's some drama there. But uh, Top Gear USA. So you guys remember Rutledge Wood, and that's and, where I first learned of Rutledge Wood. What a wonderful name, by the yeah. way. Uh, Adam Ferrara and Tanner Faust. They they held down the fort there in I believe 2000. I don't know when it came out, but they 
like mid two thousands, and then they ran that until twenty sixteen. They had some cool episodes. They would do a lot of the uh, the same stuff the British guys were doing, but they'd go to Alaska and they'd do off road stuff and they'd do track stuff. I mean. These guys, I thought, were as close to the British equivalent as you could get here in the States. They were. They, they did a pretty good job. Well, in 2016, they kind of put the put that program to bed. And then apparently in 2017, there was a crew, a trio of hosts that I don't... Do you remember no, anything about these guys? No, you didn't even list their names in here, so we don't even know who these people are. Because uh, they're not important. <laughs> but they had one season, one and a half seasons. They uh, uh, Adam Carolla could have been there for all we know. Well, you remember the whole thing, too. Like It was supposed to be Carolla, Jay Leno, and somebody else, and then like they probably couldn't agree on a salary, so they're yeah. like... I just gotta do my show in my garage. Yeah. That's my Jay Leno. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, thanks. Um, so, so the next trio of hosts. I'm not um, deleting that, by the way. I you, hope. Daryl always deletes stuff like that. I'm keeping that I one. I do. All right. So the, these, uh, new hosts have been announced and, uh, the hosts are going to be for the next season, which debuts in February, somewhere in spring. Okay. Uh, 2020. Jethro Bovington, who is not an animal veterinarian. Okay. Eric. Okay. I thought maybe he was on, uh, He's a clampet. I thought maybe he was on he was the Beverly Hillbillies. Wasn't it Bo- Jethro Bodine? Yeah, he won the guy with the big spoon. <laughs> he was a journalist. He's apparently an automotive journalist yeah. of the highest distinction. Ah, Bovington. Oh, I, I, never I, like, heard of I like the cow reference. That's nice. Um, Dax Shepard, who is also known as a kind of comedian. Uh, was, Mr. He on, was he on the ranch? Is that the Dax guy who was on the ranch? I don't I don't know the ranch. Okay. Is that terrible? He was in that movie Without a Paddle with uh, Seth Green. Dude, that's reaching. It is. <laughs> okay. He's also known most famously for being Mr. Kristen Bell. Okay. She's awesome. I, I love, love Kristen her. Bell. I could watch her eat cereal. She's great. Also a Michigander. And uh, so is Dad. Oh, really? He grew up in Michigan. I mm-hmm. heard she's really, really, like, epically short. She is. But he's normal, so he looks huge now. <laughs> uh, and he's also a gearhead. So he's a good guy, Michigan dude. Okay. He's into cars. And Michigan dude. like Rutledge would, he drives... A Buick Roadmaster yeah, how Estate. Did, how did you know this? Because he was on Conan O'Brien talking about it. It's a hot rod. It's got like 700 horse okay. and stuff. It's it's awesome. So that <laughs> makes two Top Gear USA dudes driving wood-grained, big Buick station do you wagons. Think, do you think possibly these could be featured on an episode of the future? <sighs> maybe. <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> and then the last host, but not forgotten, comedian Rob Corddry. Who? Well, he's. you know who he is? No idea. Okay. I know him because he was on a, a show called... Uh, Children's Hospital on on uh, what is it called? Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. No, Very it's a great comedian show. It was a knock. It, it was cancer. A, they all like bald little kids no. running around. Okay, there was a lot of Patch Adams jokes. It was on Adult Swim on Cartoon <laughs> okay. Network. Okay, well that sounds horrible. Though. And it, they used the same hospital that was in Scrubs. Okay, uh, never mind. Rabbit Hole. Rob Corddry's <laughs> kind of funny. He was also on the Daily Show for a while. I didn't know he was a car guy. He might not be. He might just be comic relief. Yeah. But those are your hosts, Jethro, Dax, and Rob. Which actually sound like three dudes you'd see hanging around a Circle K at midnight on a Friday. Hey, it could be good. I here's the thing. I and I I liked Rutledge. And I liked the other guys on, on the the previous series. Yeah. Uh, I think it is all about chemistry. I mean, okay. You can be doing terrible programs, but as long as the guys look like they're having fun, yeah. Then then you can laugh along with it. even in its most pathetic form. You can laugh along when guys are having fun in cars, right? I agree. So if they get along, it could be something to watch. I'm not sure I'm going to get the Motor Trend streaming app. You know, maybe yes. we can get a media license for it. Maybe we, maybe we can <laughs> do a little discount. Um, yeah, that is that is where folks can see it. Motor Trend app, which I don't think is that much, is like four ninety nine a month or something. That's that's twice the price of Hulu with commercials. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but it's it's uh, it also has what Roadkill and some other really oh, good shows. It? Yeah, oh, okay, that's true. If you like that sort of yeah, thing. I didn't stand in line at the SEMA for the Roadkill guys because they were literally a mile long, and you had to subscribe to Motor Trend. 
to uh, the magazine in order to get like a screen printed T-shirt from them. Puke. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Can't make that up. It's not enough to be in the show. You're like, okay, we're going to put another t- restriction on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people were still standing in line, man. Get that free were. T-shirt. And then they canceled the subscription when they got home. Um, I, I, The Grand Tour, we talked about that. Yeah. My son and I have been watching Grand Tour like crazy. I don't know why. Uh, we'd watch season one and season two pretty religiously. And then season three, we kind of laid off. There's a couple special episodes in season three. Uh, one where they go across Mongolia. I'm trying to think what the other one was. They're so much fun. I mean, yeah. the, the funny thing about watching old Top Gear episodes with James May, Jeremy Clarkson, and Richard Hammond is when you look at the pictures and watch a video of them, these guys have dark brown hair. They're all 20 pounds lighter, and you know they were having a good time back then. But, God, they all look like they've aged 30 years, and they're still having a great time. I mean, now they're just a bunch of doddering old men. I, I hope Amazon keeps Grand Tour in perpetuity. Next yeah. season, season four, they're doing... What they called seamen is it, is what the title of the series is. So they're getting three boats and they're going to be in like Vietnam and they got to go somewhere. I don't know where they're going, but I saw the preview for it. It looks hilarious. And it's again, it's not, not about the car. It's not about anything else. It's just about these three guys and their great personality. So it is a guy thing. My wife watches it. She thinks it's kind of funny, but I know my son and I get far more laughs out of that. See, in, in our house, we used to watch when we had cable, BBC America and stuff and we watch, you know, Top Gear reruns. And, uh, and Sarah was definitely much more into it. As a car guy, I appreciated it. I liked it. Uh, there was something always that bothered me whenever they would take like an old Triumph Herald and cut a hole in it and make a, make a sailboat out of it. Yeah. Because they're part of me. And they like, do that. It's like watching a demolition derby. You're like, oh, this is cool, but it's, oh, they're, they're ruining all these cool cars. They're not cool. They're probably junk. Yeah. That's why they bought them for like yeah. 200 bucks. There was but, a scene in the last episode of Grand Tour Watch where they, they made a, a jet boat out of just, some old Nissan or Suzuki Swift put a boat chassis on it, or like the the front and the back of the boat, and they put a giant Russian MiG engine on it. And while they're <laughs> testing the MiG engine, it's blowing these airplanes across the airport. These old like Cessnas and stuff are just like tumbling, and the wings are falling off. And I'm like, those are worth something to somebody. And then yeah. I'm like, that's what these guys have. They have so much money they can just like okay, they can break airplanes. Wasn't uh, Richard Hammond? Injured in like two. He's been injured several times. Two or three real bad wrecks. It was a drag race, I think, on the Salt Flats or something. He got just nearly maimed, and then he took that expensive Czechoslovakian electric car that had like a thousand horsepower and just just wiped it out and flipped it over, and it just burst into flames. Barely got out with his life on that one. Of all people, I just I I hope I hope he kind of just dials it back a little. No, that's that was half the joke in the the Mongolian episode. They wouldn't let him drive. They all had to share a truck, and he, and he never got to drive it like for like five minutes. Was he still healing? Is that no? Right? They just were joking, They're like you're not allowed to drive. <laughs> Poor Richard Hammond. Yeah. So anyway, there's a place for these shows. I look forward to the American version. I, we'll see. And maybe Kristen Bell will make an appearance too. I hope so. I would watch any show that she's in. She's great. Yeah, even if she's standing back there eating cereal. That's my opinion. Cereal. All right. I'll stick to it. All right. Um, speaking of 2020, we're, we have a crystal ball apparently in this episode. So Eric. apparently, we're killing cars and we're killing. Uh, we're not killing trees. We're not. We're not killing Christmas. We're killing <laughs> actually a, a lot of published magazines. Eric, when's the last time you bought a, an episode or an episode? <laughs> when's the last time you bought a uh, a copy of Carcraft magazine? Uh, it's been a while. Automobile though. I, I I did pick up a free copy of Automobile magazine at SEMA this year. Yeah. Uh, but. They were giving it away? Yeah. 10 Publishing, this is the news, is uh, going to shutter 19 of its 22 automotive magazines by the end of the year, leaving Motor Trend, 
Hot Rod and Four Wheelers, the only three titles that will continue to be published in 2020. Is that so? Those three magazines, Motor Trend, Hot Rod, and Four Wheeler, are their their copies. That's okay. their own. I believe Ten is an amalgamation of stuff. I, I believe I thought they were Peterson. I okay, because Hot Rod, like Peterson Museum, I thought that was all tied to Peterson Publications. Don't know, but at any rate, those are the three that Ten's going to be putting out. Uh, things that are going to be going away in the coming year, so you can't find this at your local Barnes and Noble shelf. Four wheeler and off road. Sorry, four wheel and off road. And I, that one I have picked up before. Have you? Uh, automobile, which yeah. used to be good. Yeah, it's okay. Carcraft, which I'm lamenting. I so actually, that's uh, like a hobby magazine, possibly? It, it's like a hot rod, but it's more tech-based. Okay. It's like, here's how to paint a car in your garage. It was never very good, but it was like <laughs> one of those skills, like, as a teenager and a young adult, I was yeah. like, cool. Are there right. any plastic dipping articles I can check out in there? They probably would. Uh, Chevy High Performance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic Trucks. Diesel Power. Diesel Power. Hot Rod Deluxe, which was actually very good. Did you ever catch any of those? No. That was kind of like a, uh, I want to say a retro. They would take old Hot Rod articles from like 49, 50, 51, reprint them, and then put in like kind of rockabilly That's cool. stuff in there. That's yeah, cool. It was great. Um, did not sell. JP, which I think is like, it's like a four, like Jeep. They couldn't say Jeep because it's trademarked. <laughs> JP. Okay. All right. Could call it TJ. Lowrider. Yeah. Lowrider magazine, which had a huge cult following, especially out in the uh, in the western United States. A lot of people on social media very upset that Lowrider is not going to be in print. Oh. Sorry. Sorry to hear that. Mopar Muscle. Uh, muscle Car Review. Hmm. Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forwards, which yeah. used to be good. Yeah. When I had a Ford. Uh, Mustang Monthly. Well, which... we, know, we know what killed that magazine. Yeah. Might be might be the new Mustang. Leo BB. <laughs> street Rider. Super Chevy. Super Street. Truck Trend. Truckin'. And Vet Magazine. Vet. You know and what killed that? The C8. The C8 killed the Vet Magazine. Not my vet. Hashtag not my vet. Yeah. Did that um, take off? I don't think so. Should have. <laughs> I'm going to check my trending on Twitter right now and see if it's there. Dude, though, that's, that's, that's a lot of magazines. And I hate to say this. When Borders died... Yeah. I love Borders. I, st- I used to go to Borders like once, twice a month. Yeah. Walk around the store. Not because I wanted to buy anything. I'd listen to some CDs. Maybe I'd get once. But I would always buy a magazine. I'd be like, oh, cool, Hot Rod. Oh, Carcraft. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got a cool article here. I would always walk out with one. Yeah. I had a, a, a monthly subscription to Carcraft. I think I had Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forwards for a couple years. But that's it. But even still, I haven't renewed those subscriptions in years. No. But here's the thing, and this is very Peoria-centric. Mm. Borders is in an ideal spot. I could drive there from work, and I could hop in there, and I could grab uh, a magazine or a, a graphic novel or something like that and yeah. still get back to work on my lunch hour. I love that place. Barnes & Noble, where it's at in Peoria, in Best Buy and that whole area, yeah. it's the worst part yeah. of town to pull into do any retail shopping at all. It's very busy. I, I hate even pulling in that Barnes & Noble spot and then hoping I can get a spot in front of the store and not get stuck in there with my truck. Right. It's a friggin' nightmare. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but I still enjoy going to the magazine racks. In Barnes and Noble, if, if you go there, there's probably what, eight racks, upper and lower? Yeah. They surround a whole corner of the store, and there's magazines for everything. And you're like, who's buying all these? I mean, they got like 10 copies of photography today, 10 copies of. JP or something like right. that. Right, Us Weekly. What what's happening to these magazines? They don't get purchased this month. Are they you know they disappearing? That's a very good question. Uh, maybe that's what's in the doctors' offices and <laughs> dentists' offices. But no, it's I never see anybody. Remember the grocery store? Yeah. Used to see somebody at a uh, couple people at the magazine racks all the time. Yeah. Never. 
Never no, anymore. No, I, I still love magazines. I picked up a bunch when I was at SEMA, and um, I, I still get something out of the, the tactile feeling of holding a magazine in your hand, looking at the glossy pages. But let's be real honest. I mean, they're, I think yeah. I made a note of this. Uh, Power Auto Media is, is a website you can go to that's got tons of publications that are probably very similar to this. And it's basically bloggers. You know, they're taking photography and blog comments and posts and stuff like that, and they're just they're making their own media, and it's immediate. It's as events happen. And his guys are building right now, so that's that's what's happening to magazines. It's it's na- it's a now culture, right? It is. And by the time you get something in print, it's outdated. Somebody's already made a YouTube video, right? So I understand <laughs> that. It just there's part of me, I don't. I'm not one of those like curmudgeons as much as I goof about stuff. Liar. <laughs> I understand, and I am I'm on my phone a lot, but there's just something about me that just. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts seeing stuff that's been an institution for 50, 40, whatever years just go the way of the dodo. Hey, you know, when Time Magazine went out, everybody freaked out. But guess what? They still make horrible, like, monthly special editions of Star Trek. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <Yeah>. World <laughs> national Peace. parks. Oh, i got to buy this one, honey. I'm going to learn all about the national oh, parks yeah. for ten ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Speaking of things from the past... That are going away. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Just a I'll touch let, briefly. Yeah, let me let me throw this on there yeah. because uh, Daryl, you know, just like me, not wanting to talk about my uh, experience doing the Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast. Daryl probably doesn't want to talk glowingly about his experience. No, it's Sears at Northwoods Mall this weekend. But no. if you go to throwingwrenches.com, that's throwing wrenches without the G. Uh, dot com. You can read all about Daryl's experience exchanging his 10 mil. No, you lost your 10 millimeter twice, but it was your little. Yeah, it was my stupid quarter drive ratchet. Yeah. He lost his ra- well, he broke his ratchet. He yeah. found a ratchet on the racks amongst the, all the clearance bins, which I can't believe they actually had legit tools for sale there. The, a handful. Okay. I was around, I walked around that store for about 20 minutes before I found where they were at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Daryl exchanged a the part there, or exchanged a ratchet, and no grief, no muss, no fuss. Nope. nope. And, uh, he wrote, he wrote about the experience. It, it is sad. You know, Sears, my son actually said to me, he goes, why does that fall into criteria for your automotive? podcast website and i'm like because craftsman tools are something that everybody used to work on their stuff at their house whether it was a car whether it's you know working on stuff around your house uh craftsman tool is synonymous with you know homework right right i mean they used to have a whole nas truck series like craftsman truck series i don't even think they (laughs) do they even race nascar trucks anymore i don't know yeah they do toyota toyota kicks butt all over that too right i know they had yeah for a while they had the tundra that was like well that's pretty that's pretty awesome tundra it's just a just a, a shell. Ch- it's just a tube chassis with an engine. It says Tundra on the front. Just like uh, back in uh, the Days of Thunder days where they're like, oh, it's aluminum. I'm like, that's not aluminum. <laughs> you get 200 mile an hour aluminum. Yeah, we got the super now. Um, so you wrote the article on there, but uh, the one thing I, I think you mentioned at the very end, you can still, now that they're going out of business, we can still go somewhere else? Yeah, uh, and I was told before this and after this, and uh, at the store itself, the guys actually told me uh, Lowe's bought the Craftsman brand. Apparently, Stanley bought them, and then somehow Lowe's, I don't know who's buying what. <laughs> but uh, Craftsman lifetime warranty tools will still be honored by um, Lowe's. So if you bring it in there, there were some growing pains, I think, at the beginning where some associates and managers were like, oh, I need a proof of performance, yeah. a proof of purchase that you bought that tool here at Lowe's and they're like absolutely not this is the whole point of craftsman it's supposed yeah. to be lifetime no yeah. questions asked um, that has changed I think the the people are trained up in it now so if you do have a, a, a craftsman item and you still have a Sears in your neck of the woods 
I recommend going there because they really need your business while you're there. It's too late now, Daryl. Dude, buy something. Help, please. <laughs> no. It's gone. Sears is gone. The dream is over. Hey, uh, the Carson guy, Perry Scott, Bergner's, I mean, all that stuff is gone. Right. All that. The guy did say, uh, for what it's worth, the manager at Sears said he predicts five to six more months as an online-only retailer, and then they're just going to fold. Yeah. So, unfortunately. Go to Lowe's. Exchange your Sears stuff there. Maybe they'll have uh, Amazon Craftsman Tools. Maybe. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. you did make a, a note somewhere, I think, uh, and it reminded me. I went and tried to get a Ryobi warranty one time on a battery at Home Depot. Yeah. Worst experience of my life. Well, they do. They they basically said, no, we can't help you. You have to contact Ryobi directly. So I went home and I contacted Ryobi. And Ryobi's like, no, you go back to the store and you tell them this battery's bad and they exchange it. And by that time, I was so frustrated, I already bought another battery. But I'm already committed to Ryobi tools, so I can't go anywhere else. Man, I tell you what, just left a bad taste in my mouth. See, and that's unfortunate. Most of the retailers nowadays, they have signs all over. Manufacturers' warranties and exchanges are in effect. Do not bring your stuff here. You go to the, the the owner's manual of the of the thing you bought, return to the place you purchased. Yeah, it. yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Anyways, uh, all right. So, what we, else is should, going we, on? should we get hyper local here, Daryl? Let's go hyper local because this has been floating around for a little bit, and uh, it, it really it's an intriguing story. <laughs> all right, this is going to read like a police report. This is from the Journal Star, and it's from our well, I'd say friend of the show, but he probably doesn't know he's he's a friend of us. But uh, Phil Luciano uh, from the Journal Star, West Peoria, Illinois. As a police dog indicated the presence of narcotics during a traffic stop, the driver blames strippers, who he often gives rides to work. At 3.30 a.m. on November 9th on the 2100 block of West Farmington Road, Peoria County Sheriff Deputy pulled over a vehicle with an expired registration. The deputy summoned up his canine officer to bring a dog to sniff the vehicle. That's awfully kind of him. You get somebody pulled over at 3.30 in the morning, hey, can you think you can swing by here with a dog? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. I, well, he, cause he probably knew... Anyway, the getting's good at three thirty in the morning. Exactly, I got yeah. something. You know, it's it's bad enough I got the guy for a light, but let's just see if we can sniff out something else. Yeah. Uh, the canine officer asked the driver if there's any illegal narcotics in the vehicle, and the driver said no. Then the police dog sniffed around the vehicle. The dog indicated a positive alert of the odor of narcotics at the driver's door. The report stated, the "Search of the vehicle turned up nothing, and the driver consented to a search of his person. And again, nothing was found." The K officer asked the driver if he'd been, in, if narcotics had been in his car recently. He stated that he manages a gentleman's club and he's often giving dancers rides home from work. The canine officer wrote in the report, I asked him if he knows any dancers that he gives rides to who use narcotics, and he replied, probably all of them. Wow. <laughs> well, he's a manager. He should know, right? <sighs> the driver also said the vehicle belongs to his wife. <laughs> he said that he's not sure uh, what she's into as they do their own thing, the report stated. Uh, he was allowed to leave with a warning. So you're thinking they don't have a zero tolerance policy in the workplace where he's a manager? <laughs> oh, man. I, here's the worst part about this article. I, I love the legacy of the Journal Star, and I love Nick and Phil. And, uh, you know, we have these great local reporters. But they've been reduced to these clickbait articles, and this one got me on Twitter. I get a Twitter alert like every day, and uh, <laughs> you know, gotcha. Yeah, car pulled over for strippers or something like that. I'm like, well, I got to read that. Yeah. And you only get like three articles in the Journal Star a month, so I I, I got to select these. You know, Unless you have a subscription, Eric. <laughs> I, I'm a poor I'm a poor man, Daryl. Right, yeah, right. I can't we'll get you some financial assistance. I, got, I, I have to pay for the uh, Peak and Times before I pay for the uh, Journal Star, right? Well, yeah, yeah, or you can just sell narcotics. Yeah, exactly. Or or know some strippers. Anyway, um, 
I just, I, of... what's sad to me is this is news and this, this, was this in the journal star or this to make the online edition? What, what is this? I'm not sure. Uh, it, it probably, you know, it probably, probably did just because it's funny. <laughs> and you know, if, if nobody goes to jail, then it's okay. It's cool. It's funny. It's funny. If the guy actually like turns out he had six pounds of methamphetamine we in the backseat. We wouldn't be seat. reading it on here. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> actually, they don't even share those articles because people die and uh, do overdoses all over the time, all over in Pekin. Yeah. And those aren't even reported on. It's this stuff that gets reported on. That's true. And I know the vicinity of where this gentleman was pulled over. It right, happens to be near the uh, the comedy club. Oh. Yeah, comedy club. And I think there might be an adult entertainment club down there. Years ago, I saw Bobby Slayton, the pit bull of comedy, do a show there. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Slayton. I, Bobby think, Slayton? I remember Bobby Slayton. He's pretty good. Uh, totally raunchy. Show gets out. It's like eleven thirty, almost midnight. Shows. I'm walking out to the car, and it's there's a giant chain link fence next to this gentleman's club. And let's just say there was some uh, shenanigans in the parking lot involving uh, some of the employees and a manager. And uh, nothing. Not what you're thinking. It was like more along the lines of <laughs> you a don't know what I'm thinking. Intoxicated oh. or under the influence fight, oh. and the manager had to break it up. So. Not that I'm close to the story at all. I'm not. But I can kind of feel for this guy. He's probably giving people rides to work and, and trying to keep a business afloat. And it's yeah. like, my life's a mess. And now I got pulled over. And I love the flippant comment like, I don't know. It's my wife's car. Maybe she does whatever. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 3 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, do you know if any of these dancers you give ride to use narcotics? Probably all of them. <laughs> probably all of them. <laughs> They're strippers. Have a good, I mean, have a good night, sir. Anyway, drive safe. Hey, God bless the strippers who listen to the show. By the way, sorry, right. we, we mean nothing but the best. All right, is it time to get angry? Uh, well, it should be time for the moment of bus. But I'm not going to give that to you because I'm going to make you listen to the Christmas episode. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm denying you. I actually have hot strategy. hot Elon story here, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to save this. Um, we're going to save it for the Christmas show. So make sure to tune into that in a week or so. Okay. All right. All right, and that. Was not your moment of must. There you go. Set your watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, set your podcast catcher. That's right. All right. So, Daryl, now yeah. we move on to the segment of the show we call the Riff Zone. It's usually where uh, we get a little crotchety and uh, get the ball off my lawn and all that good stuff. Right. 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 Uh, and this is kind of a seasonal seasonal one. Ooh, okay. So, driving around traffic, and I actually took a picture, so I'll put the picture. I hadn't seen this until just now, okay. and I'm, I'm laughing at the head. Okay, go for it. I'll, I'll put the picture with the post here, because I was, I was stuck in behind this Chrysler minivan, and I just all of a sudden boiled over with rage. And it was because <laughs> it has the stupid reindeer antlers sticking out the back windows. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I know. The I know. fuzzy antlers. And my, my wife, I love her to pieces. She's guilty of this. She actually bought one of those reindeer antlers and nose things. For oh, the I think it'd be nice on your Highlander. No way. So the reindeer nose and antlers, if you're putting that on your Ford Escape or your Chrysler Town & Country, it's not cute, okay? What about the red mist? If you can fit it on there, great. <laughs> it's going to break, though. It's going to fall on the highway. Those things are going to snap off at like 48 miles an hour, and I'm going to run it over. And then I'm going to have to go see you and get my tire patched, which I don't want to do. See, this is all leading into one segment after the other. Plastic is going to actually ruin your weather stripping on your on your door because you're going to roll that up. It's not going to go, and you're just going to keep going and forcing it up, and your weather stripping is going to start whistling. So yeah. just just forget it. Just don't buy it. Leave it at Hobby Lobby or you know whatever big lots. Leave it on the shelf. And if you want to show off your holiday spirit, go decorate something that doesn't go 80 miles an hour down the road. Bah humbug, you can bah humbug, humbug me all you want. The reindeer antlers and the nose on the cars. It's it's dumb stuff. 
period. That's where I'm at. You got some flags on your Plymouth, don't you? Uh, no, that's just for Fourth of July. You always bring that up. <laughs> I have I decorate my cars for Fourth of July because I'm in a parade. But that's different. I'm not driving it every 364 <laughs> days after that. And I don't go that fast with those. This reminds me, uh, Bill Burr has a great bit about uh, some kids who go to the uh, Statue of Liberty and they get one of those foam Statue of Liberty crowns and they put it on and you oh, wear yeah. it and you get some pictures taken with it and you have a great time, you wear it all day and all of a sudden like a puff of wind goes and it blows off and goes in the Hudson River and then a month later a, a dolphin swallows it and then starts choking and and, <laughs> and some the tourist boat comes by and sees this dolphin like you know, floating it's on its dead. stomach with a, with a <laughs> With a uh, Statue of Liberty foam thing in its mouth, and they're like, "What monster would have done that?" But you know, it seemed good at the time. You right. know, when you're wearing to get the pictures taken. Bought it for all their kids. <laughs> I could see him doing that too. Anyway, it was a great skit. Uh, uh, Anywho's one of my employees actually has a Jeep with a uh, wreath on the front. How do you feel about that? Is it lit or unlit? I believe it's unlit. I did not check. I came across a Wrangler that had LED wreath lit on the front. And Christmas lights around the roof rails. I've done this with my Forerunner, by the way. I mean, because I can tie in. I got a power outlet in the Forerunner. Yeah. So I just turn it on. I got Christmas lights in the back while I'm driving down the road. <laughs> I mean, if that's your thing, cool. But I've watch watch him reel back. No, here's the thing, Daryl. I do this all the time. My wife loves these antlers. So Sarah, yeah, she did. She bought she bought a set of those years ago. She put them on her Jeep. And like a month later, she comes home and she's actually really upset. She's like, I, I need to go get uh, more antlers. I said, absolutely not. What happened to the ones you had? One of them broke off when I was driving. Or she thinks somebody broke it off. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> if they did, they did a favor. But they, the little Somewhere frizzy a dolphin plastic. chokes. If you're on you know, 74 or whatever and you get semi-pass you, this thing's going to blow off. Dumb. They're Dumb. Dumb. I'm sorry. Right. Did, you, did you just buy some? No, I was just kidding with you. I just want to see if I, if I can get you to reel back. Go, oh, well, it's fine for you. No, no. Yeah. If I ever put a set of those on my car, I want you to take me out back and like old yeller me. Okay, All there, right. there's no. I only way. have an airsoft or a 22. I don't think I. Can, I don't think. I think I'd, I'd probably hurt you more than I'd kill you. But man, yeah, that's right. right. So, so, we'll so get... what are you? What are you going to complain <laughs> about this week, Eric? Besides I, my uh, pick, I had the classic scenario today. Okay. Um, Customer comes in, been servicing the car forever at our store, and uh, 200,000 miles on this car. It's mid-2000s, 2005 or something like that. And uh, as she drives out of the dealership after an oil change, mm-hmm. uh, turns back around, comes back five minutes later, my airbag light's on. Well, that's really odd. An airbag light doesn't come on just willy-nilly. Yeah. But, uh, we'll take a look at it for you and see what's going on. So uh, I did a free scan on it, found out the driver's airbag or the spiral cable is a bad one, too. Generally speaking, probably spiral cable. Uh, is that in the column? It's in the column. Okay. And she's like, well, it wasn't that way when it came in. It, You know what? And shame on my guys. They should denote if there's any check engine lights or anything like that. But even the technician said, I don't remember seeing the light on. ASM doesn't remember seeing the light. And uh, even when he pulled up, doesn't remember seeing that. Yeah. But if the light came on, I'm, I'm sorry, the car's got 200,000 miles on it. I can watch a video and I can show you the video of the technician doing the service on your car. Sure. He didn't, t- he didn't disconnect the steering column. He didn't pop the steering wheel off. He didn't like run the steering wheel back and forth vigorously. Yeah. You know, to try and break anything. So, uh, we gave her an estimate for a new airbag spiral cable and said, have a nice day. So, yeah. Um, there is, there is nothing underneath that car during an oil change that would trigger an airbag light. No, you, oh, 
Yeah, I mean, if you maliciously tried to do something, I, yeah, I assume you could, but uh, no, not in the span of, of 30, 45 minutes of that happen. No, and it's never a car that's got like 5,000 miles on it. No, it's always no. something that's like 20 years old. Like, yeah. it was, was fine when it came in here. I'm like, really? It yeah. was? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then I had a gal today just refuse to pay her bill. It was a great one. So uh, I told you about that. But uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. She came in, had a tire repair, told her it needed repair. Okay, go ahead and do it. And then we give her the bill for $30. Uh, well, the Toyota dealer I bought that says that that's free wherever I get done. Well, sorry, it's not free here. Well, I don't have any money, so you just have to deal with it. Ooh. Man. And the worst part is somebody recognized her, and we've had problems with her like a couple years in the past, and I don't know how she got through the door. Had we known who it was, yeah. probably would have said, you are never welcome back in here again. So I think she might be a gypsy. I think she might be uh, floating from dealership to dealership on free services. <laughs> when I was a kid at the, the, the corner grocery store, Minimart thing, they had uh, checks. You know, when you bounce a check, they'd staple it oh, to yeah, the wall right and say, there. like, yeah. hey, this person, we don't accept money or checks from you anymore or whatever. And they would do that. And it was always, as, as a, especially as a little kid, I'd look up there and be like, I know her. I know where this, I know her, her kids. <laughs> like it was, it was like the shame, the public shame. Can you yeah. do that? Can you do like a wall of shame or is that uh, like illegal? I, I think it's tacky. I, I wouldn't do that. I don't think. I mean, I, I thought about calling Gabe Casey <laughs> to see if Gabe could just like send her a nasty letter. But, right. uh, just, right. just to scare her so she never comes back. That's all I care. You know, we, we have this term we joke about in the industry called firing the customer. Yeah. This is one I just love to fire. Just please never come over our threshold ever again. You know, I'm sorry you were like a vampire, let you in one time. So, if, right. you know, right. I got some new staff. They didn't see her, didn't know her, but the receptionist, she remembered her. And, uh, maybe I, I think should you take her to lunch or like, uh, buy, give her, give her a little gift card or something. <laughs> Seriously. It's like canary in the coal mine. If you're like, Oh, this person, we shouldn't help. Uh, why why would you go to some place, have service done, and then expect to just walk out without? Who knows? I don't get I, it. You can't believe me. If, if you tried don't to get, get yourself in the mindset of some of these people, uh, whether it's in this type of business or or just anything, just even uh, Black Friday shopping, just try and put your head yeah. inside the head yeah. of those people. I mean, yeah. you can't do it. There's insanity that goes on I all guess. over the place. So, anyway, are we ready for the, the our favorite segment of the show, Daryl? The piece de resistance. Oh, yes, the cause of the week. It's uh, week W E A K as we've trademarked it, uh, because this is where Daryl and I decide that we would buy this car if we had all the money in the world and our wives would allow us to to go out and just go shopping willy nilly. But it never happens that way. So no. what we do is we find the car, we pretend like we bought it, and then we nitpick it uh, until we wouldn't want it anyway, right? Pretty much, that's yeah. what we do. Uh, and you're going across the pond. You're doing a little European flair, British yeah. car flair here. What, yeah. do you got? what do you got? Yeah, as you informed me before, it's a Lotus Esprit. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, it's a coupe, a 1993. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, I found this on Car Gurus, and I was doing a little search because uh, Esprit was was an iconic car for me. We were, on our Christmas episode, you'll find out a little bit more about this. Wink, wink. Got to tune in. There's just something about this body style. It kind of reminded me of the early 2000 or the early 1990s Toyotas like the uh, MR2 and the Supra. There's just this painted body and the cladding is all to match. You know, the white the white lines. This car's white by the way, but the, the moldings and the bumpers and everything are white to match and it's just a great looking little car. It's $38,000. It's in Colorado. And the funny thing about the Lotus, uh this model, it whether it's a 1977 or 1993, I swear to God, Daryl, they're all going for $35,000. That's about the ballpark? Yeah. It's crazy. And they can have 80,000 miles on them. They can have 30,000 miles on them. But they all kind of fall in this high 30s range. 
Awesome. But I think these later, these later editions with the body style, and, and I think this is going to have less rust on it too because of all that cladding on there. Uh, I just think they have a better look. It's more timeless than the early ones. I agree. The the early ones are nice, and supposedly the early turbo models are are pretty quick because I think they were a blow through carb. I don't think it was fuel injected until like the mid eighties or something like that. Someone can correct me if they're into lotuses, but Lodi, I don't know. Lodi, <laughs> plural. Yeah, but John Fogarty. Great, yeah, stuck in Loda. <laughs> Anyways, they're 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 great little cars, and I, I think the earlier ones are lighter because. Oh yeah, this, this has got some bulk on it. Yeah, but this one, I, that's a good pick. Ninety three. I don't know what year they went to that kind of rounded body style. I think eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty nine. These five spoke wheels look nice on it. They got yeah. like that uh, that classic silver aluminum wheel. Uh, it's just a good looking car, and I don't know, man. There's just something about that Lotus, and like I said, we'll talk about it in the next episode why I picked this one, but. Uh, it's cool. Now, the funny thing is, you also went across a pond, but you went hard, hard corners on a uh, yeah. truck. Yeah, and I, I, it was started out in, in Great Britain, and then then they started contracting out. I picked a uh, 1983 Land Rover 109 Series 109, and this is a uh, left-hand drive Spanish-built Santana model that was made actually by a, a company under contract in Spain, I believe. And a couple of these are, are popping up locally. We saw one at Cars and Coffee parked next to us, I think. It was a two-door, though, right? Yeah, it was a two-door, kind of a beige, beautiful. It was uh, cool. Nice gentleman and his son that are into him um, and talked about it. I said, what's the Santana? He said, well, they're, they're Spanish-built, and to be honest, he's like, they're a little more affordable. So I started looking, and uh, my wife is a huge Land Rover nut, and at some point, it's probably going to pester me to buy one. They're ridiculously expensive, though, and they're British, so that means I don't want to work on them because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a mess. Oh, yeah. But, Dude, um, you got an old Volvo. Nothing is, nothing's gonna be harder than that Vol- Volvo. No, that's true. That's true. At least that thing runs though. Dude, there's networks of people with parts all over the, the world. All over the world. Car. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Cause it will break down all over the world. <laughs> well, it will. <laughs> the, the, the end result's the same. But this is a, a lime green with a white top and it's a big four door model that rides on a 109 inch wheelbase, hence model 109. And, um, nice four door versatility. It's got the cool little, like, peephole windows up top, yeah. like a Vista Cruiser. And uh, I, I like them. This guy's got a, a two point. I love the British. The two point two five liter turbo diesel, like Rolls Royce did that too. Six point seven five liter. It's like that's so funny. Here in the states, it'd be like six six liter. Okay, Dude, cool. that's so small. It's hilarious. A two. That's a tiny little. How, motor. how long is that? How long does it take to get that zero to seventy? Probably. I'm going to say 30 seconds, guaranteed. <laughs> or a minute. Or a minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, dual tanks, five-speed gearbox, little tiny motors. How, how big do you think the tanks are? I would think probably 10 gallons a piece. So it's probably like 20-gallon yeah. tank. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. This one's... We'll um, see. Are you buying a trailer? Are you shopping? Uh, no, I got no room. <laughs> I got more... <laughs> I got bad ideas and no room to put them. Uh, so this is... Currently, it's on Bring a Trailer in an auction. Uh, seven grand was the, the bid last time I saw it. British ones, British counterparts, especially like the Series 2, the ones that Land Rover's the iconic look that everyone likes with the with, like the narrow grill and stuff. Those go for like 10 times that. It's stupid. Like the Defenders. Have you looked yeah. at what Defenders I mean, go 70, for? $70,000, $80,000, right? Yeah. There's a couple Defender 90s up uh, in the Chicago area right now. I think it might be the same dealer or collector that has it. Uh, 94, 95 grand. I'm like, are you kidding? That's, no, right. That's what they were. They were half that new. Yeah. And so then this gets in the whole thing is, are you buying an image? Because definitely when you buy this thing, you're buying the image. But there's nothing practical yeah. about it. Now, this one sounds like a bargain. But if I'm going to buy that $90,000 one, I, I don't know, man. 
that's up there, yeah. especially for the spotty reliability. And yeah. even Brits, Brits will tell spotty. you, like, spotty. Um, yeah, you know, it's not the greatest. Yeah, uh, it looks good though. Um, this thing probably, if I were to guess where the auction will end, probably twenty five, thirty five, yeah. somewhere in there, which I think is affordable for what it is. But it's cool. It's got this uh, lime green color. It's got the white roof, the white wagon wheels, and uh, I love the giant roof rack with a tire up on top. Yeah, it's cool. Sad thing is, I only go to like Outback Steakhouse. I wouldn't go on a. <laughs> but you have to go to Bloomington for that. Hopefully, you'd make it there and back. <laughs> make an excursion. <laughs> I might break down on the way. I don't know. Do a little, my best, Steve Irwin. Yeah, cool car. I don't know. It's definitely an image thing. And you stay away from the Stingrays, and you'd be all right. I guess so. Get it? What I did there? I I see what you did. <laughs> and we're not talking Corvettes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Check that out in next month's Crikey. edition of Vet Magazine. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, it's 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 not published anymore. No. All right. Are we ready to sign this off, or should we talk about this last article? Daryl threw a bonus article in here, which uh, normally we'd sign off right now, but yeah. maybe we should just throw this in there. Okay. Real quick. Who gets up? Yeah. Trump's on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. Uh, my well, my icon, Groucho Marx, he's on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe, she's probably on there. Uh, I mean, think of all the great actors and actresses that have been on the Walk of Fame over the years. Sure. It's a celebration of somebody's career. Absolutely. And you found this article. So my news feed the other night... I saw a, a post that said Chevrolet Suburban gets star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. Is that, th- a, is that a famous actor? I th- Chevy Suburban? <laughs> yeah, it's like Chevy Chase. He was in Funny Farm. <laughs> I thought this was an ad. I thought it was one of those like sponsored posts that yeah. looks like a post, but it isn't. No, it's for real, ladies and gentlemen. You can look this up. Uh, it was on NBC News. It was on, I think, Car and Driver. And I, we found it on Motor One, which was where I got some other... Uh, articles here this week. The Chevy Suburban has officially become the first vehicle ever to be given the Award of Excellence star at Hollywood and Highland, recognizing its almost 70-year career in show business. That's right. For six decades, the Chevy Suburban has been Hollywood's longest working actor, says Rana Godbon, president and CEO of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. Appearing in classic feature films and must-see TV shows, the Suburban is a well-established industry mainstay. With the Chevrolet Tahoe also making an impact in movies and on television, it's impressive to have both vehicles now join an illustrious group of actors and characters that are forever known as Hollywood legends. Well, this makes complete sense, because I remember that great movie. Remember where the whole family loaded up in the Chevy Suburban? And they... Wait, I can't think of any great movies with a Chevy Suburban. That was... that was a Ford wagon. That was a family truckster. Family truckster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, remember that time that there was like the, these spies and they were on this mountain and they had to get to the top uh-huh. and then uh, they climbed out of there. Oh, wait. No, that wasn't it either. No, that was a prior Range Rover. Yeah. I think it was a Toyota Land Cruiser and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Point Break. Yeah. Hmm. The only movie yeah. that I remember Suburbans in. Yeah. And I, this is one of my favorite movies and favorite scenes because it just it shows the durability. It's because they're built Chevy Tough, man. Yeah. Like a rock. Like a like rock. Um, clear and present danger. With Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where they go into Colombia or Mexico. Well, yeah, and that was just a few years ago. Well, it's like 94. <laughs> but they had the whole line of suburbans that gets like anti-aircraft missiles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're, that's awesome. That's a great scene. But seriously, like what other – like if you're talking about – craft services and how many people have hauled lunches and, and stars around a Hollywood backlot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But at some level, I felt like Ralphie in a Christmas story when I was reading this. It's like, yeah. uh, what? Yeah. A crummy commercial? Be sure like, to drink your Ovaltine. Drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> I, I challenge, and I love, uh, I'll throw this out here. I love Suburbans. I own a Tahoe. I've owned a yeah, Suburban. Yeah, you're a Chevy guy. 
So, so this is hard for you to, to talk about, I'm sure. It's just kind of weird. If anyone out there, info at throwingwrenches.com, hit us up and let us know if there is a movie we're missing that has a Suburban or a Tahoe in it. I don't think there, besides that's, that's iconic, yeah. it's, uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce would be recognizing uh, Rana. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Do you think maybe Rana was paid just to get that star? Maybe. Do you, do you think maybe the star system is maybe not quite based on talent, Daryl? What's with all the questions, Eric? <laughs> don't you believe everything you read in the <laughs> online journals? No. Me neither. All right. So with the shocking, scathing news coming out of Candlest. Los Angeles, California, I think we should end the show. This is the city. Yeah. All right. All right. So this has been a fun episode. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to listen to the Christmas episode. That one probably what we won't number. This is number 26. We'll just call that holiday episode two. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, until next time, I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. We'll see you later.